Hello, everybody. This is Corey Chapman with another episode of Money Talk LA. Real people, real money, real talk. I am so excited today because I get to have some fun today with someone I love to death. My right hand, my soulmate, my best friend in the world, my beautiful wife, Delilah Chapman. She's going to be on the show today and we're going to talk a little bit about money talk. But what we're going to do a little bit differently is that we had a lot of people ask us questions about how to be successful in the business. How do we work together on a day-to-day basis and how we're able to function and still go home at night and sleep together because of the fact that we work together. And we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what it takes to be successful and more importantly, how do we handle it as a couple? So I'm excited to have her here today and just kind of give you a little background on Delilah, just for those of you who don't know. She's a partner in EFC Wealth Management. She's a speaker. She's soon to be an author and I'm throwing it out as I look at her in her face because she's got a lot to say. And then really more importantly, she's an amazing coach and, and more than anything else, she's the beautiful wife, but also a mother of my three beautiful children. And I'm excited to have her here today. So hopefully you guys will enjoy this part of the conversation. Hey, babe, how you doing? I'm well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so this should be pretty fun. I know we did another podcast once before on our other show called Wealth Habits. And I think that one was probably some of the best stuff that I think we had uh, got to do because we talked about our relationship and family life and relationship and money and relationship and business. And I, it was a little bit of everything. So I think it was it turned out really good. So this will be pretty cool because we're going to talk about finance and money and business on this side and really try to tell people a little bit about what we do and how we do it, I guess, and, and still be able to uh, manage a successful, happy life at home, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so let's get started on the, the questions here. So what we did is we had uh, several of our friends and colleagues and so forth have asked us questions that they wanted to know more about, like how we kind of do a little bit of everything. So they gave us questions and we thought we'd go through some of these questions and see if we can answer them and then see if they add some value. So the very first one that came across is how do you balance your business and your married life when it's both of you working together? Well, you know, it's interesting because I recently heard uh, the difference between balance and harmony. I was listening to Jim Quick, and typically when you think of the word balance, you think of an even amount. Mm -hmm. And I know that when it comes to our life, we can't possibly balance everything from our children to our jobs to uh, all the other responsibilities. And what I loved about what I heard was he said that um, keeping in harmony, like an orchestra, not everyone's playing exactly at the same time. But when they do, it becomes a beautiful song. Mm. And so I just wanted to share that. So as far as keeping our business and our married life harmonious, I believe that we are able to distinguish when we're at work, whether or not we're wearing the partner hat or (laughs) The the spouse hat. And so when we're at work, we are there as partners. We are there as as professionals and knowing that we need to handle our business. You know, you're absolutely right. You know, the one great thing that I think Delilah have, have been able to handle, I mean, we've been together for uh, 23 years and married for 22 years. And I think the big part of that is that we've kind of learned how to 
you know, like she said, turn the right hat on or put the right hat on to make sure, depending on what circumstances we're dealing with, we got to make sure we choose the right hat. And, and why that's so important is because, you know, when we're having a conflict or something at the office, not really a conflict, but more or less a disagreement about how we want something to be handled at the office, we can't let that spill over into our personal life when we go home because then you're, you know, it, it becomes problematic over time. You know, a lot of people always ask, how are we able to kind of maintain our relationship? But that's one of the best things we've done. I think we've done a great job of saying, hey, when we come into the conversation, she'll say, hey, babe, I have my, you know, wife's hat on and, and we're going to talk about things that are personal. Or she'll say, OK, this is the partnership happen. I need you to listen to what I'm saying. And I think that's kind of made it a little bit easier for us to maintain. And, and I want you to keep in mind, too, we're not under each other every second yeah. of the day. <laughs> I, ha I have my office. He has sure. his office. And so, you know, honestly, I mean, we have lunch together, which is which is always be a beautiful thing. And then on Mondays, Corey is at home working from home on Tuesdays. I'm working from home. And so really, you know, we're we're not together five days a week on Fridays. We have made it um, our date day, uh, our date day. Right. And so, again, you know, that's something that's calendared in to make sure that we meet that um, priority. Yeah, we got to give each other our time, and that's our quality time together so that nothing else intercedes or kind of intersects with our process, and uh, the date day really makes that a big difference for us, right? Uh, of course. And then on the weekends, you know, um, Corey's nonstop. He, he's constantly working. We, we have a home office, and again, you know, he's, he's constantly working, but he knows when it's time to just relax and be with the family. And you've probably heard on his previous podcast that he has made it a point to us that if we need his time, um, to ask for it. And so, access. yes. <laughs> so, you know, that access is always available to us. And, and, we, and we know uh, when to let him just keep doing what he's doing, especially if we don't want to interrupt his um, his momentum or his space. Cool, cool. All right, next question uh, says, how do you deal with conflict when dealing with money? <laughs> That's a funny one. <laughs> you know, it, in all honesty, um, I would say we don't really have conflict when it comes to money. No. Um, Although back in 2008, 2009, when so many people were affected by the market, we too were um, affected uh, in, in a big, big way. And yeah. financially, uh, it was extremely emotional. It was very, very painful. And so much, in fact, that we, we literally lost everything. Yeah, I think, you know, I think everyone in life is going to go through some sort of, you know, peaks and valleys. And that happened to be the lowest valley for us, I think, at the time. And it wasn't so much that it was conflict about money, but it was the stress that we were dealing with around finances and money and things that were going on in our lives and our circumstances because of the economy and because of what it was doing to our business and our, and our finances. So I don't know if it's about specifically money as much as the stress, I think, that was involved with the process. I think that's what it was for us anyway. Right. And then on top of that, I think that if you are um, able to seek some sort of 
counseling. Corey, Corey loves coaches. Yep. Personal finance coaches, or maybe even a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. If you sit down with the advisor and they get to see firsthand what's happening financially in your household, then more of it being regarding numbers and possibly outliving your money. Uh, at least it comes from a third party and neutral ground. Yeah, you know, Lila, I think you nailed it right on the button. See, if you're listening to this and you're having conflict between you and your spouse about money, it's always a great thing to bring a third party in it to kind of listen to both sides and really make an informed decision based off of what their knowledge is. You know, there are so many different ways that people should manage their money. And fortunately, you know, when you deal with a financial advisor or a personal finance coach, they're knowledgeable enough about money to give you some insight and hopefully get you moving in the right direction. I mean, there are definitely uh, will add a lot of value to that process. All right. So next question, let's see, it says, uh, what communication techniques can you use to discuss money habits with your spouse and significant other? Communication techniques. Well, uh, first of all, creating a budget because then you get a snapshot of where you both stand. Um, and I would trust and hope and wish that you are able to have that conversation with your spouse and maybe even find a book or an author, go online. There's there's so much valuable information on YouTube. Um, you know, there are, I know there are a lot of people who they like Dave Ramsey, mm-hmm. uh, David Bach, Rick Edelman, uh, sometimes even Susie Orman, you know, depending on what your <laughs> what your flavor is. But you know, maybe if you both are able to watch the video, listen to an audio together, talk about a particular issue or topic that that they mention from that book or audio, and, right. and see where you both stand. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, communication, you know, there's a book that Lila and I have both read and it's called The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And communication is definitely the biggest key. And we, when we talk about anything, whether it's money, finance, relationship, whatever, we're really trying to figure out each other's love language. And I think that plays a big role when it comes to talking about money because you need to understand the best way to communicate to your spouse. And he always talks about coming to them in a loving manner, right? Coming to them in a way that it seems like you're not barking orders at them or you're not kind of challenging them on a certain situation, but you're basically coming to them in a loving fashion so that way they can receive what you're saying. So communication skills is definitely going to come down to learning how to communicate and talk to one another and then talk about whatever the topic is. Like Lila said, once you figured out the right way to communicate to each other, then go out and solicit help from other areas such as, like she said, books and, you know, audios and different types of things you can see on YouTube. I mean, there's so many great, so much great information on YouTube right now that you can fully take advantage of. How about money and relationships, dating and marriage? When do you start merging accounts? <laughs> well, I would never, I don't think I would ever start merging accounts until I was in a really committed relationship. I don't think, you know, you know, I think dating is still 
the courting stage. You're still learning more about each other, right? Um, if you've kind of been together for a while and you see this leaning towards now engagement kind of thing, that might be when I'll start thinking about merging money together and merging accounts and really talking about, you know, working as one. But up until that point, yeah, I would not necessarily be merging any bank accounts with anybody. That's just my thought, okay? What do you think, babe? Um, I, I agree. I yeah. certainly agree. I believe there should be a high level of commitment, uh, especially um, when when you make the decision to get married. Um, I also believe that this should be a conversation prior to marriage because, unfortunately, uh, divorces are due to... Um, problems with money mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and that's that's just a, a sad sad thing i believe that brings up a good question so do you think that uh in order for someone to be married they have to have all the right finances already put together like do they have a have a certain amount of money put away or do you think it's uh not really about the money situation well you know uh, we, we were asked that question mm -hmm. on on wealth habits and I have to say, on top of what I mentioned and that, reflecting on that answer, I love love. Right. And I love the idea that two people are coming together mm -hmm. and wanting to spend the rest of their lives together. Mm -hmm. And thinking about our life, you mentioned that you were broke mm -hmm. when we bro, met. Bro, 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 <laughs> bro, bro. I was just starting out as a teacher. So, yeah. you know. Really, we didn't have a lot of money, and you know, later on, we would dodge our uh, our landlord okay. because we couldn't afford. A, <laughs> okay, I would not suggest not this for everybody, our, right? We, not that we couldn't afford our. We rent. didn't have it. Okay. <laughs> so. Point blank, we didn't have the money. Okay, but, I remember our landlord would come around. I'm like, babe, stop talking. She's right outside the door. We, shh, let her go away. Let her go away. Okay. So, but but I I, I definitely believe that. Uh, you should at least come together with a plan, yeah. knowing that hey, we've got we've got goals. Maybe we want to start a family. Um, that's definitely gonna require um, money, money. <laughs> um, and and not to rely on your parents. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Let me say that again. Say that again, babe. Not to what? <laughs> not, don't rely on your parents <laughs> right. when you're getting ready to start an, a new life with the love of your life. So, you know, there was, um, there was a there was a question that was asked at the, on the last podcast that I thought it was very interesting because it said, um, if I remember correctly, it said, should in, in going into a marriage, should your children be more important than your spouse or vice versa? And I read that and I thought to myself, Hmm, that's a good topic. A good question. What are your thoughts? Obviously, you need to be focused on your spouse um, going into the marriage. I, th I mean, you're together as as an individual, right. and the other individual you're coming as one. Um, when the children, you know, soon join you, I mean, it'll be a different level of attention. But in our relationship, I know that you are you are the priority. I I got to well. I'm the priority, <laughs> and then you are, so that I can take care of everybody else that, right. that I love. Right. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Like, I think when it comes to marriage, you choose your spouse. 
And that's like a really big conscious effort. You're choosing who you want to be with for the rest of your life. And I think because of that reason, you too should be the primary between, you know, you over your kids in that sense. Because here's the thing, when kids get older, they leave, right? And now they're gone and they're on to their own relationships, their own marriages and their own kids and so forth. And if you've lived only vicariously through them and all that, when time for them to leave, then you're stuck going, now what do I do? And there may not have been an opportunity to solidify that relationship with your spouse because you was always wrapped into the child. I think uh, you definitely should put your spouse first and make sure that there's a relationship being built. Uh, on top of that, we're, we're asked about merging accounts. Just so the audience knows, you and I have a joint account. Correct. Um, and that has to do with our household expenses. Um, and we have a family trust account as well. So, you know, um, we have that together. But what are your thoughts about maybe one of the individuals has a savings account that has a ton of money in it, mm -hmm. and then the other person has a savings account but barely has anything. Do they merge at that point, or what, what's your thought on that? You know, so I, I maybe I'm old-fashioned, but I believe, honestly, when I become one, and that's what I think marriage is, I think you merge the money, you know, because I think at the end of the day, it's kind of silly that I'd say that, okay, I have an account that's got a hundred grand in it. My wife has an account that's got $2 in it and she's got a bill to pay. And if she doesn't pay the bill, it's not going to just affect her. It affects me as well. Not only on our credit, but also in just our, our, her well-being of being comfortable, knowing that she's stressed out because she can't cover that bill. I think together we have that joint house. I mean, for us, we put all of our money in one account. We both take a certain amount of allowance every month for ourselves, and that becomes our money that we do whatever we want to do with. You know, I buy what I want to buy with my money. She buys what she wants to buy with her money. But the joint account is for all of our goals, right? We're trying to save more money for trips and vacations, save more money to pay for our household bills and expenses, save money to help with our kids, whatever it might be. But that's kind of how we work together, you know, and I think that's important. And one of the questions I think that would go well with this is how do you budget the money in shared accounts? You know, for me, I think the shared accounts, um, I just think that we sit down and figure out what is our monthly expenses personally that we like to spend. I think we all have a certain kind of spending habits and you know when you have a certain amount of money and, and you know what you need to live off of, right? Um, for you and I, you know, I'm the spender in the household. Like everyone just knows that, right? I like to shop. I'm in the clothes and so forth. And Lila's the, the frugal one, right? And shops and goes to twin, 10 different stores trying to find the best deal. That just way too much time for I me. I love coupons. <laughs> and I but, shop during sales. <laughs> yes. But I think at the end of the day, uh, we respect each other enough to know that I'm never going to put us in a situation or buy something in a situation that's going to put us in a worse position financially ever that'll just never happen. So I think because we have that respect for each other, I think that's why we're comfortable with kind of sharing our money and not really worrying about it. Right. Yeah. And so that next question was, do you have money in separate accounts for personal spending? And I believe yeah. Corey, Corey answered yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, we do. For um, sure. Especially since, uh, like Corey said, he likes to buy and <laughs> shop. <laughs> <laughs> so here's one. It says, what is the role of Delilah at the company? And more importantly, what would Delilah suggest as someone getting into business that they should start focusing on or where would they um, start thinking about things they should do about business? 
So I am actually the director of client services, and I am the compliance officer. <laughs> so I make sure, oversee that our service is excellent. Um, give birthday shout-outs, birthday cards, um, participate in the events, making sure that our clients are well aware of um, celebrations. Um, and she really builds a relationship with all our clients so that when they walk in, they have that feeling that they are definitely in the best place when it comes to building their or leaving their finances because she's got that personal touch. I always believe that that uh, a lot of people need to have in that size. So that definitely works in our advantage. And of course, like I mentioned, the compliance director. <laughs> I am not detailed, so <laughs> I need her in that role. You know, and you know, the great thing about it is she does the compliance side, but she also handles all of our finances. She covers all the bills and the money and. She goes to the QuickBooks classes and stuff like that to start learning how to manage. So she's also the CFO of the firm. So, you know, she got she has a lot of roles that she plays and a lot of hats that she has on, not to mention she's the chief coach for me, you know, whenever I need something done, I'm like, babe, I need to talk to you. So, yeah. So what would I suggest to someone um, as far as what they can do to get involved with learning more about business? You know, Corey mentioned this earlier they're online. There's so much information out there, YouTube channels. Um, you can just Google it, you know, um, the word business, uh, maybe specify what it is that you want to focus on. Um, there are plenty of, of books. And for me, you know, if, if you are married to an entrepreneur, especially uh, if they have an office, uh, go visit. Go, um, you know, be a fly on the wall. Find out what's happening, uh, what the systems are uh, that make the the business run. Um, sit in on meetings. Uh, maybe even learn the language, uh, whatever that business is. Um, that's a great start. Uh, you know, if if it's real estate that that's the business, what better way than to to learn about everyday language that's used in real estate transactions you know um and then for me as far as finances go I you know I didn't know much about the financial world until I was placed smack right in the middle of it so uh, but yeah business wise there's just a slew of of, of um, experts out there that you can you can start following. You know, like what Lala said, I think one of the things that's so great about this is that we live in a society right now where technology is at our everyday fingertips. And the cool thing is I say seek out a mentor. You know, like Lila said, you know, find someone that has what you want and start to follow them and learn how to, you know, succeed as they did, you know. And I think that's a great beauty of YouTube channels right now because you may not be able to afford to spend tens of thousands of dollars to work with them directly, but you can get a lot of these teachings online and you can just start building your relationship through audio and video to really start dominating that market. And you'll be surprised how how much that changes. I think um, that's extremely important. I'm, you know, I was going to ask you a similar question, like how important is personal development to you? Um, it's absolutely at the top of my list. I believe that that has helped me and continues to help me um, every day in all areas of my life. I am literally a student of life mm -hmm. and personal development, personal growth, 
um, it's a it's a must. Yeah, I agree one hundred percent. I I don't I couldn't even imagine us lasting or, or growing our relationship as much as we have if it wasn't for both of us are you know, tremendous students of life and trying to learn how to be better, you know, and I think that really makes and resonates with us both in that regards. And I think that goes along with the how do you help each other grow in understanding your business and your personal lives. The only way uh, we we help each other grow is by each of us individually first um reading, listening, and uh, I, I wanted to go back j- just for a second. Um, not only are there are great uh, books and um, YouTube videos, but podcasts, I love podcasts. I mean, on my way to work, I'm always listening to podcasts. What podcasts are you listening to? <laughs> I just throw some of those Monday, names out there. On Monday, it's Money Talk LA, and Wednesday, <laughs> right? it's it's Wealth Habits. And, okay. um, I know you got some other ones. Right, like, I, so do, I get do. a little I, free plug in, right. okay? <laughs> but, yeah, when, when I have, not when I have, you know, I am very selective of the words that I choose. I, I make the time. Even if it's a, a five five-minute drive, 10-minute drive, or even when I'm, you know, in the shower or, you know, washing dishes, yeah. uh, you'll hear, you'll hear me listening to some sort of audio and same thing, same thing with Corey. So you just type in, um, top business podcasts and, right. um, you'll easily find that. Top but success podcast, top money podca- podcast. It's so simple to just start diving into it. You know, I think the best thing you can do is make a decision, right? As soon as you make that decision, now you're moving in the right direction. Um, again, with understanding our business, how do we help each other grow? Um, we, we attend, um, seminars, Yep. Workshops, uh, workshops, um, you know, that four times a year. It's it's incredibly important because um, taking time to 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 learn um, nuggets that will help us improve in our business is is critical. We don't want to be um, stagnant when Corey, especially when it comes to. Uh, retirement plans or, you know, the latest thing that's happening with Social Security or, you know, any of that. He wants to be on top of that and, and attend as many um, workshops and seminars regarding that. So I see this on here, and I think this is a good segue. It says, uh, what are some of the best ways to discuss money with your kids? I think this is pretty cool. We've done a pretty good job on this. I think. go ahead, like share some thoughts. I believe that the earlier that you start discussing money with your children or your grandchildren or your nieces and nephews uh, sets them up for success. Uh, I remember when the boys were young, um, I would go to the um, checkout from the grocery store and I would pull out a debit card and I would ask the kids, am I using credit or debit? Because I had already explained to them what a debit card was. And they would answer, you're using a debit card. And just something simple as that, because they, they're starting to learn the language, um, I believe has helped them um, as, they, as they have grown up into young adults. And then also, um, I don't know, do you remember this, babe, where we would be um, estimating how much our groceries would be with the kids? <laughs> right. And we would see who closest. was closest <laughs> and then we would discuss you know 
um, how much it was. Maybe it was a little too much um, or not enough. But, you know, really just letting them know that the relationship with money is important. Yes. And another another thing that we all also shared was for them to believe it's not the love of money, but the love of what money can, can do. do. And so... Come on. <laughs> Come on. So, you know, those of you who love to to give money to charity, or, you know, it's, it's interesting, our son Chance, he has budgeted um, money to be able to give to the homeless. Right. His monthly right. budget, right. because that's something that's near and dear to him. So, you know, again, discussing money with 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 kids um, as young adults. Maybe, maybe you can talk about this. Uh, those who are entering college. Well, I think you know, even before we go to college, I mean, one of the things that I used to do with Kahey is like we would drive around and look at signs that had you know real estate signs out, and that was a way to teach her about money and real estate, you know, and explaining to her what those signs meant, and it meant that a property was for sale. Then we would talk about you know what makes the property more expensive than others, location, and you know the different types of rooms and the sizes of the house and location of the of where the house is being built at. And those little conversations so that, you know, when she was little, she would, when we would drive around, she'd see those signs like, dad, let's go to the open house. And so that became our little thing. But it was a way for us to start educating her on real estate and money ideas and, and talking about interest rates and stuff like that. I mean, at an early age, I mean, kids, I mean, kids are sponges, right? This is a great time to start talking about it and they'll grasp it. And more importantly, now they become more financially literate. And so when they get older, now they're managing their checkbooks. They have great credit. They know how to handle their finances. They know what not to do and what to do. And then I think that's where we should be at. One of the uh, things that, that we were big on, too, um, I was in the process of, of starting a business called Wealth Whiz Kids. And we literally just bought um, plastic jars. Mm -hmm. And with these plastic jars, we labeled them car. Uh, another one was house. Another one was giving. giving. Mm -hmm. Another one was um, long-term saving. Another one was a college. Play account. Play account. So what we shared with Chase and Chance at, at ages 8 and 10 was that we wanted them to start putting away the money that they would receive from birthdays or holidays um, splitting it up into those and accounts. allowance and splitting yeah. it up into the accounts. What we shared with them was that as adults, uh, when they want to buy a house, they're going to possibly need to put a down payment. <laughs> and so that's going to be a lot of money. And then right, right. for their car, they, they would need to put a down payment. So, you know, again, it's just those conversations and, and making it fun for them. Um, and then the, um, the, the play account was their favorite because the play account allowed them uh, to use it whenever they wanted, when they wanted to purchase something immediately. And then the long-term savings, which I was incredibly proud of, was uh, them stating a goal or a wish of something that they wanted to buy. And Chase and Chance, at the time, were saving for a Wii and when they finally made 
uh, or save the over $200, they were the most proudest boys to walk <laughs> into yep. um, the store and purchase that knowing that they were the ones who were able to do that. So again, you know, starting at a young age, um, you trust that as you continue to instill in them the significant impact that it'll make as adults, um, it's, it's priceless. You know, the great thing about sitting down and talking to your kids at an early age about money is it also helps you as the parent become more educated about money because you're trying to give them a good insight and a good understanding of it. You're having to do your own research and your own learning to be able to get better at it. And I think this is a great way for families to kind of come together and actually learn more about money, you know, because you're now kind of, you know, learning and, and growing at the same time when it comes to families. And I think this is something that a lot of us don't do today, but I tell you, it's like this with anything you do, right? Whether it's how to start a business up. Well, when you're researching and talking about business and you're talking to your kids about business, don't just assume because they're younger, they're not getting it. You know, I sit and I walk into the kitchen this morning and my daughter's painting the back of a, a phone case or whatever. And I'm like, what are you doing? And the whole thing is that she's, you know, customizing a phone case so that she can sell out there in the streets or whatever. You know, her friends are in the school. And I'm thinking to myself, dude, how ingenious is that? You know, how much of an entrepreneur she is at 11, you know? And I'm just thinking to myself that this is because of the habits that they've seen around us about being entrepreneurs and learning how to focus. But that comes because we're sharing ideals and conversations and communicating with our kids. And I think this is what all of us as parents need to do to get our kids a better life and get them on the right track. Absolutely. Well, um, I think, uh, is that everything? I think I'm singing everything on there, right, that we got uh, off this list. It's a, how do you keep the spark alive when you were <laughs> together all day as well as live together all night? Well, you know, I think that's a simple one. I, I think it really comes back to, as I said before, the love languages of, you know, Gary Chapman and the five love languages. I think we've learned how to really communicate and really know who we are between each other and what things are going to um, inspire us and, and want us to do more to kind of keep our love going. I think that's a big part for us. And, and also, you know, um, with Corey mentioning the, the love language, uh, use it, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if your spouse loves um, affirmations as their love language, uh, love notes go a long, a long way. way. <laughs> <laughs> simple, just simple daily reminders that you're thinking of them. Um, you're proud of them. Um, you appreciate them for, for what they're doing. Yeah. And it does mean a lot. Like my, my, one of my love languages or my main love lang language is affirmations. And I got to tell you, I was out of town this last week. And when I came home, she was out of town as well. When I came home, there was little notes in every parts of the house, including my car when I got into it at the airport. And it just stood out to me and it made me feel so good just to come home to that because it was just little notes, just thinking about you, welcome home, blah, blah, blah. And that really stood out to me. So that was one of my love languages. And that kind of, like I said, just re-edified our um, relationship because it's just a little thing. Sometimes they mean the most, you know, um, where Lila's is quality time, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it's, us, you know, it's been in quality time with no other noise or distractions and just us and her doing our thing. 
Absolutely. And then, you know, I, I've, I've shared with Corey um, how important it is to keep the spark alive. And we, you know, we, we enjoy getting to know each other still. And, you know, there's, um, there's this deck of cards called uh, Conversation Starters for Couples. And that really makes it fun. That yeah. adds spark in the sense of finding something out about each other the, the so they knew right after 23 years right, right. <laughs> yeah and, and you know the joy in that in seeing each other's expressions that that's definitely uh, a lot of fun and you know the spark also um i have to say that you have to remind yourself especially if you come to a place where maybe you're feeling like everything's routine or mundane and and boring um go back and think about why you married them in the first place you know i saw i recently saw a clip on a show and this um doctor had the woman read her vows to her fiance uh, because there was some trouble happening in in their relationship and when she read it out loud again all the feelings of love um resurfaced reminded her yeah mm -hmm. so good stuff all right guys well i want to thank you so much for jumping in on another uh, episode of money talk la i was so happy to have my wife here today and uh, get a chance to talk with her that was always always a cool thing i saw and i think that the the Wealth Habits uh, podcast that talks about our personal life, I think will be interesting. So if you are subscribing to the Money Talk LA side, go ahead and subscribe to Wealth Habits. And that comes on Wednesday. I think you guys will like that episode. It's uh, a lot of intimate and detailed stuff that we talk about on that actual podcast. So with that being said, thanks, baby, for coming and hang out with me today. Thank you for having me. Have a good day, guys. <laughs>